Live from my Berkeley dorm room, this is the Back Bay Composers Podcast. Episode 2, Jason Fujita. Thanks for joining us on the Back Bay Composer Podcast. <laughs> no problem. As Alan put it last week, the BBCP. Uh, you know, we just stealing the BBC's name. So what we just listened to, that was a cue that you wrote for a f- your, your first film, you were saying? So freshman year, um, I scored a, like, a film for her. Like That was one of her first films in college. And um, that was actually the very first film I scored, I guess, quote unquote, professionally. Um. And so I guess that piece just means a lot to me just because it was kind of the first one. It was my first time trying to experiment and try to get the emotion of it. So it was initially for this sort of um, these two girls uh, dancing, um, two, two sisters dancing with each other. Um, and that's why you have this sort of piano and cello uh, duet thing going on, this sort of interaction. And then for... Um, like a couple years later in my friend's junior year um she decided to do her i guess her junior thesis on um this relationship between a father and a daughter and she loved that cue so much oh wow that uh she really wanted it to be used again like and so what i did was i just polished up um this version of it with nicer samples just cleaning it up mixing it a that little was all better. sampled Oh, no, actually, um, so the cello is my friend uh, Benjamin Kidder. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Who was here freshman year, but um, he unfortunately dropped out. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I have, like, this really nice cello sound or whatever like that. So, I mean, it's a beautiful cue. I mean, yeah. for I can imagine doing anything close to that my freshman year of college. So <laughs> Oh, no, like, the, the original cue is so much rougher, like... <laughs> It's just everything just sounds really bad. There's some parts of the cello that's definitely like out of tune, and I don't know. Well, like, it's good to know that uh, that uh, college worked. You improved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it, it feels gratifying that I can compare the two cues, and it'll, it shows, I guess, a level of maturity that I've grown over the last two years. Wow, that's awesome. The next piece is a song cycle you wrote. What was sort of the premise, the idea, what made you want to write a song cycle? So I guess uh, just a little bit about me, like I'm Japanese American, um, I'm fifth generation, my great great grandfather came to Hawaii, uh, I believe for, to work at the sugar plantations, um, and so I guess growing up the Japanese culture has been very um, prominent in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to do something that reflected that. And because I speak a little bit of Japanese, I thought it would be fun to try writing instead of something in English, writing something in um, in Japanese. 
And so what I did was I took um, three haikus by um, Basho, and he's a very famous Japanese ye old uh, kind of poet. And yeah, that's why I just used to set my text because I knew I'd, if I probably couldn't write anything maybe as poetic in Japanese. I'm already like, I already struggle writing something with poetic in English, but so that, that's kind of where it started with. And um, how yeah. was the writing process for that? How did that work? So did you look at the text first and then write what you thought represented that? Or did you write the music and then you sort of, you worked the text in? How did that sort of yeah, work yeah. out? So what I first did was, I guess I picked a, a, as I was reading these haikus. Um, there's a lot of commonality with this theme of water, and so I tried to pick three poems that reflected that. And so everything's just started with the text, and it just started with me just reading it syllable by syllable, thinking about how a melodic phrase would be shaped from it. Like if you're if you're just naturally speaking this this language would the intonation would it go up or would it go down would it be a short syllable or would it be a long syllable so it just started about thinking about you know just analyzing how how the sound of the syllables you know how, how it would sound so do you because i know you we both sort of live in that struggle of film scoring and comp life and it's very it's really two different mindsets and when the way you write at least for me and i know you and i have talked about that yeah, yeah. when you start writing the piece like you were saying you you thought about the words and then you sort of you went syllable by syllable and just thought musically how you would represent that did you also take a moment to sort of think about what you harmonically wanted to do, what you rhythmically wanted to do, what sort of language you were working with? Yeah, so it just started with like playing around with mostly intervals um, and so like not using as much tertial harmony. Did that come a lot from, because I remember at the time you and I were taking a say, the Persichetti book yeah, class. Yeah, I think, I think Persichetti influenced me a lot on some of these harmonic ideas. Um, For those of you who don't know, Persichetti wrote this book I'm actually staring at it in my face. It's called the 20th Century Harmony, and it's sort of all about intervals yeah. and writing with intervals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tried to like use some of these new techniques that I was learning about into my piece and how that might sound. Um, I just kind of like the tonal ambiguity of it, of it all. So like furuike ya, the very first line, it means it's just kind of like the statement of like the old pond, and trying to like think about you know like what does that sound like um like it's just kind of this mysterious sort of vibe So you thought about intervals in this first piece, and then on the next piece, is it sort of all based around intervals, or? Uh, not quite. So the second piece is actually probably my favorite one out of the three.
first line can be translated as like the turbulent sea, this rough sea. And so what it, it started with um, using a technique called mirroring. Uh, I took the very center point of the piano, which is uh, middle E, or E and F above middle C. And so I started with those two notes and then I built major seventh chords and minor seventh chords off of that alternating. And so you just have this really thick chord just made up of thirds. Um, and when you kind of play it all together, it doesn't sound tonal. It just is just kind of this muddy, rich uh, chord like that you can't really define. I just kind of love the quality of it. And I'm actually reusing this sort of harmonic language in an orchestra piece I'm currently working on. Oh, really? I, I just like, I just love the sound the of it. The mirror so harmony much. sort of that stuff? Mirror harmony, yeah, yeah. That's like a really big Bartok thing. Like, he did that a lot. I was just looking at Concerto for Orchestra actually, like last week. And that whole opening, he does a lot of mirror harmony with the strings. just like you're saying it creates that beautiful like not tonal but sort of wholesome sounding i don't know how else to describe it it's sort of muddy not really it has a sort of almost roundish kind of sound um it's really hard to describe but you just kind of have to hear it actually kind of um john adams like kind of influenced this sort of sound at least to me this really texture based low rumble sound yeah you like texture music a lot too it feels like whenever i see you present or talk about music that's also the your orchestra piece is sort of based on texture music right yeah that's something that especially on these pieces really comes through and it comes through in a very cool way because it's a short piece but it is very sort of all about the texture and like the soundscape versus notes actually figuring out what every single thing is doing Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful So you have the dark, deep ocean. You have this island, this land in the middle, and then you have the Milky Way at the very top. And so I tried to build, at least in register-wise, I made the the piece reflect that. So in the beginning, you have this really muddy, rumbly, low octave sound. just kind of playing this you know this 
this nice little texture with some random little notes in there just to kind of like reflect these little shimmering stars. I definitely really like this piece a lot. It's only like a minute long, but I think it's beautiful. Yeah. That wow, it's so something I find so much interesting about when I write composition. Whenever I talk to people who are just film scoring majors, or like when they just work on films, is every note seems to have so much more personal meaning behind when I write music for composition for myself versus when I'm writing for a film because it feels just like I'm trying to get yeah. the job done. Is that something that you've experienced? No, definitely. Um, Actually, what's funny is I think um, a criticism of one of my um, one of my directed study teachers, um, because like I'm way more focused in my film scoring career than in my composition career. I tend well, because at least for film scoring, you don't really have to think about form too much. Yeah. And maybe like the emotion behind like the, the reasoning behind something. You just kind of like do whatever you're told based on the picture. Yeah. And so I think like what I was struggling with in composition was creating that form for myself and like not basing it off of anything per se um just something that's i guess purely original and not based on something else well and so even though I, this is basing off of text the whole like the form of it and the and the harmony is like something from my own from myself rather than for like another medium if that makes any sense no yeah it does and it really comes through especially on this movement like mm -hmm. just hearing you even talk about it you really cared about what each section meant to you emotionally and what each note meant to you like yeah. you really got your bang for your buck out of each <laughs> single note <laughs> piece is Horo Horo To and um, so Horo Horo is this onomatopoeia uh, in Japanese kind of for like this falling leaves or like tears falling um, sound and so if you look at the piece it kind of it it's it's definitely inspired by Eric Satie I'm sure everyone <laughs> knows that piece I'm talking about but this is just a very minor version <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This this piece is like in every single movie ever made. Yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah. like that's just like this really peaceful kind of sound or whatever like that. So I guess I can break down a little bit of the text. Um, so I already explained Hodo Hodo To is like this falling kind of sound. So Yamabuki is this yellow flower, and Hiduka is just the kind of you know to fall, uh, and then. I believe the last line is taki no oto, um, and that's just, it's the sound of water, of the waterfall. Wow. 
and I tried to reflect the waterfall by having this gesture of the melody kind of going up, like kind of this falling down motion. You can definitely tell the Satie influence. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really something that I found just l- looking at these pieces is you really study like the greats, you know, which is so mm-hmm. crucial and like something I don't I think any composer should do more and that's really inspiring. So the piece that you wanted to talk about that sort of inspired you a lot, like when I asked you that question, you were like no question, like you immediately answered it. And yeah, it's a yeah. piece by uh, Debussy who's like the god like the godfather of contemporary composition in my eyes and yeah, i think yeah, a lot yeah. of people our age's eyes yeah definitely. and it's uh aberesque uh, Ar- <laughs> <laughs> <You're good. laughs> that's like my least favorite part of being a contemporary like comp person i just don't like, know how to pronounce oh anything. i don't know how to pronounce I don't anything know how to spell anything <laughs> it's bad. you basically have to know french german and italian to yeah. be a composer and yeah. i i don't and know many any other of languages yeah, i barely speak english <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, like, Debussy is definitely, like, my favorite composer kind of of all time. Um, I don't know. Just something about his music. It's just very delicate. Um, The harmony is amazing. Here, I guess we can just listen to it a little bit before. One of the most beautiful pieces of music out oh there. Oh my god! Just that 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 melody line. It's just gorgeous. I mean, Debussy's music. I think of like Claire de Lune, Afternoon of a Fawn. I mean, yeah. it's honestly. He's a composer. Most of my friends who know nothing about music have heard the most. I'd assume. Yeah. yeah. Just. He's so ahead of his time, and right where we're at, sort of in music world his music just is, really resonates i feel like with our sense of tonality yeah yeah god you could not have picked a better piece of music jason <laughs> so what made oh, you yeah. say that this was it this was the piece for you that inspired you a lot okay um oh god where do i start with this <laughs> like so i think i first heard this piece um it was played by my cousin we had um you're also a piano player we should yeah, mention yeah, that you're a, oh, yeah, piano, a piano player, piano player. <laughs> so this is, i could see t- Debussy being a, I feel like every piano player I talk to is like Debussy, Debussy, because yeah. you have like Claire de Lune, it just, like, this piece. Some of, like a lot of his music just feels nice on the fingers, and it's just, yeah. it's just gorgeous. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I first heard this piece uh, from my cousin when I was about in middle school, and I just like absolutely fell in love with this piece. And so I guess when I was like in elementary school and middle school, um, and to some extent even early high school, <laughs> um, I definitely wasn't like the biggest practicer for the piano <laughs> i was i wasn't even intending on going into music um at that age but i think when i heard this piece this is like something i was like man i want to play this piece like i really want to learn this learn more about it because it's just like to my like i don't know 
like 11 year old ears like it sounded amazing it's, it practically brings tear to your to your eyes when yeah, you hear yeah. it honestly so like i guess that's how i started i started to practice a little bit more because of this and i just kind of studying the music like the whole piece is a lot of two against three sort of thing so like you know eighth notes in the left hand and triplets in the right hand and so i just love this idea of um polyrhythms and i think that's kind of where i get a lot of my um displacing rhythms comes from and that sort of texture based music like just yeah from that core idea of just having these two against three patterns like interfering with each other but also working together wow just like afternoon of a fawn is like one of my favorite pieces the intro like oh my like god harp just like it's uh, it's so gorgeous oh just also his orchestrations in, in it's general. insane and just some some of the simple things like with his piano he just really understands the piano there's this piece i don't know the the, the french uh but it's like the sunken cathedral oh my let's play a little yeah, bit. yeah let's play a little bit of that He's the composer that if if I have friends who are like, oh, I want to get more into classical music, I'm just like, just listen to Debussy because <laughs> he's e- he's so easy to grasp onto, and it's not music that you feel like you don't know enough to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like no, definitely. And it's also just kind of like it feels relatively simplistic, but like each note has meaning to it, and like I said. <laughs> Yep. earlier something that like i always think about is like bang for your buck on each note and wc every note is just worth so much and it's so important you take one away and oh, it doesn't definitely. make sense oh definitely oh my god it's just beautiful uh check out jason on soundcloud at jason fujita and uh you can check the back bay composers and like us on facebook or subscribe to us on youtube or subscribe to us on the podcast app or listen to us on soundcloud you know just wherever you want to go <laughs> yeah man <laughs> But uh, Jason, thank you so much for having. Dude, for thanks for having me. Coming this is here, great, yeah, this is a blast. This was yeah. fun. We should do this again sometime for sure. Yes. Arabesque on our way out. Yeah.